oh my Nehru, you guys so the latest chapter of one piece has recently come out and it is mind-blowing that i am literally bursting at the seams and this is what we're going to be talking about today hey guys this is jade from the nerd fix the podcast where we talk about everyone and everything in anime manga video games and everything under the sun and in this episode we are going to be talking about the latest chapter of one piece titled shimotsuki kozaboro and with this there's so much to talk about because it's so mind-blowing so for those of you who have read the chapter sit back relax and get ready for your fix for those of you who have not read the chapter, I suggest you wait until it has been released on November 29th, which is tomorrow, and come back on to listen to this episode once you have read the chapter. But for everyone else, let's get started. Starting off the chapter, we begin with a cover page request which shows Tashiki dressed up as a bad guy getting defeated by baby penguins playing heroes, which I find this cover page request to be completely adorable. Seeing Tashiki being defeated by baby penguins, it's so heartwarming to see and it just shows like Tashiki does have a bit of a soft side being able to interact with baby penguins as Smoker is in the background just saying they're like, he doesn't want any part of this. It just shows that He's not the kind of person to really get into this kind of stuff. But with that said, then, let's get on with the chapter. We begin with Zoro demanding Emma to stop drinking his hockey without his permission as it's as it sucks back into his arm. King moves towards Zoro but stops him and stands before him, which confuses Zoro asking what King is trying to do. Zoro plunges his sword into, into King and which was actually a direct hit. Seconds later, he explodes. Which I want to say, that was just out of the blue. And I was wondering, okay, what the hell is going on? Why did he explode? But with that, we pan back to the pleasure hall where Queen is blown back as several walls by Sanji's attack. And he makes his way back and tells him that he figured out what he was talking to Zoro earlier and believes that he can't win against King. He tells Sanji that King is part of the Lunera tribe and were supposedly all eradicated despite the fact that according to him, they could survive in any inhospitable environment they find themselves in, causing them to be considered as gods in the ancient past. Now, we still got a bit of history about what the Lunarian race is. However, there's still much more to unpack of the reason of why was this race considered to be extinct? Why were they eliminated? Because as far as we know, we only know that the only known member of the Lunarian clan that is alive to this day is Cain. And over that, we don't know any others that are out there. And as mentioned, King is the only one who's who is alive. But I sure do hope that we get a bit more information about Lunera, Lunera tribe. Because this is basically going to be a bit interesting about learning a bit more about King and what he's basically capable of and a little bit more about his race. Sanji then asks how 
people like him could be wiped out. Queen, but Queen basically tells him to find them himself and prepares to fire another laser. We then pan back over to the outside of the capsule, where Zoro reveals he used his armament hockey to protect himself from King's explosion. In disbelief, he remains unscathed after such an attack and uses Itoryu AI Shishishi Sonson. But King once again takes the hit with no damage, changing back into his into his Teradana form and firing another Temporandu attack. He draws, Zoro draws out, out his other swords, and, but Emma once again starts to act up, causing Zoro to get grazed by King's attack, destroying a chunk of an island. Zoro starts falling, starts falling, dropping Sadai Kitetsu, and quick, but quickly manages to reclaim it. While thinking back to how Tengoyama Hitetsu told him that he made that he made it when he first brought it to Logtown. King uses a flame kick, knocking Zoro back up to the island, calling him crazy to risk his life over a sword. However, Zoro was grateful to see that the Wadoichimanji didn't fall. Thinks and thinks about what he acquired when he acquired the sword following the death of his friend Kuhina. So if we could go back, the sword, the Wado Ichimanji, was the sword that he obtained after the death of his friend Kuhina. Kuhina was the rival of Zoro from back in his childhood. During that time, Kuhina was the one obstacle that was in his way. But they made a promise to each other that one day, one of them would come out as the greatest swordsman in the world. But before that dream could be accomplished, Kuhina died when falling down some stairs. And it was up to Zoro to now carry on that that promise. And from then, he remembers that Hidetsu told him that Wadoichi Manji was forged by the same person who made Enma, which is Shimutsuki Kozoboro. He then questions he, he then asked a question that he couldn't at the time, which was, how did the Wano Swords end up in the East Blue? And from there, that basically answers a question that kind of makes you kind of think. These swords that were from Wano, they are ending up in the West, in the East Blue. How did this happen? And it goes back to the one episode that I did about the origins of Zoro, where it could be a possibility where Zoro may be originated from Wano, but was taken in by someone who was affiliated with someone by by someone from Wano, and decided to raise him. But again, we don't know if it's actually true, but let's continue on. King attacks Zoro with Barizodan, to which Zoro blocks the attack, but with his next attack, his wing lat launched Zoro down into the castle. And then Zoro remembers when Momonososuke told him that he wasn't allowed to say the word Sunachi, and told him that he picked it up from some old geezer in his village, and how he never used it himself. While laying on the ground, he remembered, he remembered the geezer who said, 
He sat by the shore, whose name he never learned, only to find out that it, he was Kohina's grandfather after he passed away. He, also he began to remember Hidetsu had to told him that Kozaboro left Wano illegally over 50 years ago. And from there, he flashes back to his childhood and how the old man told him what Sunachi, Sunachi means and how he felt he would never use it. He asked the old man if he really was a, a samurai like everyone in the dojo said he was. But the old man told him to be quiet, lest the marines find him, prompting Azoro, who was very annoyed by the answer, to leave him alone. Later, the same geezer saw Azoro training, complaining about how he lost to Kohina again, and offers him two swords to train for with for free. The old man told Zoro he considers each sword a unique person with their own personalities. A swordsman is one who tames their wild natures and bends them to their own will. He tells them the swords with the names the person says are cursed aren't actually and are just what weaker people say. And told him that he crafted his magnum opus when he was younger and how he named him after the Lord of the Underworld, because of how fearsome it was. So now we get a little bit of history about how the swords got their names, and also with how Zoro began to become a bit stronger and began to learn about the art of Ituryu, and slowly, with, throughout time, he began to learn the art of Santoryu, which is three-sword style. Upon this revelation, Zoro realizes the sword the old man was talking about was actually Enma. He pieces the puzzle together, realizing that the old man was in fact Shimotsuki Kozaboro. Remembers that he told him that the blades waited patiently to find someone worthy to wield them. Zoro sees that Enma has been testing him this whole entire time. He picks up Enma, reabsorbs his energy, saying that he hasn't been up to his expectations, something Odin clearly did. Then, several of the beast pirates appeared, asking King to let him handle him in hopes to get promoted, but they all passed out from Zoro's Conqueror's Hockey, and decided to let Enma take his hockey. As Zoro stands before King with the swords brimming with energy, he asks Zoro plans on becoming a king. But Zoro confirms this as he promises he promises that for his captain and his best friend Kuhina. And that was the end of the chapter. Oh my Nehru, so this was a really mind-blowing chapter that we finally get the answer that we've been wanting about the sword Enma, that it was crafted by the man named Shimotsuki Kozaboro, the man who who the village was named after in the East Blue, and he was the one who forged Enma. And all this time, Enma was waiting for Zoro to finally be able to unleash his power. That is insane. I cannot believe that this whole entire time, 
that this was an actual sword that was once from Wano, but have but are in from the East Blue. Now Zoro has them. This is insane, and I cannot wait to see what chapter 1034 has to offer. This is insane, and I am excited to see how Zoro is now going to use Enma to take on King, because this is going to be amazing. Thank you all so much for listening, and I want to know from you guys, what do you think of this episode? What do you think of this chapter? Do you like the chapter? Do you not like the chapter? Let me guys know what you think in the Spotify question that I will have posted once the episode is up. And for everyone listening, thank you all so much for listening. And to end the episode, whether or not you believe in the term nerd or not, keep loving what makes you, you, and stay awesome. Thank you all so much for listening, and I will see you Wednesday for a new episode. Later!